on podcast, and you can go and listen to the messages. I don't know how far back they go, about three years, I think. So it's not just on what manner of man is this, but if you've missed any of those particular services and you want to catch up, you can go back and listen to it. And it's a good thing, amen? You know, one of the things that I, I go back and listen to it, not so I can listen to myself. Sometimes when I'm listening to myself, it's not a good thing. I'm going, what are you doing? What are you saying, Daniel? One of the things that uh, Riley and my wife have been saying that I've been saying a lot of, uh, lately is, I guarantee it. Have I said that a lot? I guarantee it. I'm going to say it all the more now. I guarantee it. <laughs> anyway, glory to God. So you can go, go to the podcast, listen to them. It's a good thing to hear the word throughout the week. Amen? Glory to God. And then like uh, she also said, the blog's down there, and it also gives you information about any upcoming stuff that's going to be happening. But we've been on this uh, uh, particular series, What Manner of Man Is This, for several weeks. In fact, this is part 14. And in other words, what manner of man was Jesus when he walked the earth? What manner of man was Jesus when he walked the earth? And as his followers, as his disciples, what manner of man or woman should we be now while we're here on this earth? And the, 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 I believe the, the reason God has us on this is to elevate our thinking to come, along, come in line with what the Bible says we are now as Christians, as believers, as new creations in Christ Jesus. We are no longer the same, people. As I've said in this study, we're no longer natural. We're supernatural. And, and, and until you get a revelation of that, until you get that understanding in you, you're going to continue to approach everything in the natural from the perspective of the way the world approaches things. If I, can't, if I can't do it in my own strength, if I can't overcome it with my own abilities, if I don't have the know-how to do it, then I'm just not going to be able to do it. That's the way the world looks at those kinds of situations. But that's not the way we're supposed to look at those kinds of situations. When we come up, up against the impossible, we should get a big smile on our face. Because glory to God, now we have an opportunity to trust our God and step out and do what God is instructing us to do as supernatural new creations in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want this. How about you? I have been confessing this out of my mouth for years. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that what I'm believing God for, He is faithful to look over His Word and perform it in my life, perform it through my life. I don't want this for me. I want this for the people that I'm going to come in contact with. I want to be a blessing to people out there. I want to demonstrate to people the goodness of God. I want to demonstrate to people the love of God. I want to demonstrate to people the power of God. Amen. Miracles, signs and wonders. I am desiring this above anything else right now. Because I am simply taking Jesus at his word that I'm supposed to do what he did when he walked the earth. I would, I would strongly recommend to you, get a three by five card. Get your favorite translation of the Bible or get several translations of the Bible and write down on that three by five card, John 14, 12. And then you begin to speak that out and meditate over that card like on a daily basis. I've been going through that. I, I do that. I, I pick up that scripture and I just meditate on it and I look at it. 
And I say, I say to myself, Jesus, you said this. You're the one who made this declaration. You're the one who said, most assuredly, I say to you. In other translations, it says, I'm telling you the truth. Why would Jesus have to say, I'm telling you the truth? Didn't Jesus always speak the truth? Why did he have to say it that way? Because what he was fixing to say was beyond normal human comprehension. It was way over people's heads. But what he was saying, now listen to me. This might be over your head, but it's the truth. What I do, you can do. I'm getting excited about this. Glory to God. What I do, you can do. Every one of you in this room. And don't you ever, for a moment, allow the devil to jump on your shoulder and you begin to entertain the the thoughts, I'm not worthy enough. I can't do that. Who am I? If you belong to God, if you are a Christian, you are his very own child. And now, because of what Jesus Christ has done through his redemptive work, you are able to do what he did. Whoa! It it just gets me stirred up. Because again, I believe we're living in a day and hour right now. Where Jesus is, I mean, it is so close to him returning. There's so much junk going on in this world. All over the place. I mean, it's everywhere. I, am I the only one that's recognizing how the darkness is growing darker? It is crazy out there. Absolutely crazy. And, and, and it's so hate-filled. It's, if you don't believe like they believe then they hate you. They don't, they don't disagree with you. They hate you. And, and, and what is coming to pass is exactly what Jesus said was going to come to pass. If, if the world hated me, the world's going to hate you too. Hate away. Just hate away. I don't care if you hate me. Because, see, I am not moved by how you see me or how you look at me. I'm only moved by my God and what I believe. And that doesn't mean I have a right to get angry and start to hate back. No, I'm called to love. When they're slapping me on one side of the cheek, I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. That would only happen by the grace of God. I'm just keeping it real. But that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, I had a particular individual was driving home the other day from work. And this particular individual was driving home, and they had to come across uh, uh, Jackrabbit back over there closer to Four Corners where it was four lanes, had to come across. And and I'm going based upon their story. They didn't do anything wrong. But this particular person that they kind of got in front of didn't like the way they did it. So the person behind them began to kind of give them choice words and flip them off and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And then finally, when it it narrows down to one lane where they're doing the construction, then it gets back into Belgrade and it opens back up again. Well, this particular person pulls up by this other person and says, pull over. Let's go. Let's get it on. And my friend pulls over. Now, I don't want to say this without... (laughs) 
I'm not agreeing with the way he handled his situation. I'm just trying to point out how crazy people are today. This guy gets out and is ready to go to town on him for the way he did his driving. And my friend says, pointed at his Glock was sitting on the on, on his uh, uh, truck bed right there. He says, hello, you want to meet my friend? And the guy got, turned around and went back and got in his truck and left. Now, what you don't, what, what a lot of people aren't recognizing and understanding, it's not like it was just 20 years ago. I mean, it's not like when I was back in school. I used to be a brawler. I used to fight all the time. And when I fought, this is the truth. When I fought, usually, for the most part, after we were done fighting, we'd shake one another's hands. Good, good job. I had people come up to me. Do I want to tell this story, Lord, or not? I got in a fight with a particular individual. And again, these are my before Christ days. This is when I was drinking, doing stupid stuff. And I literally punched a guy with a football ring on. I had a big football ring and crushed his skull. Put him in the hospital. You know what happened? A couple weeks later, I saw him at a, at a, 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 a bar, okay? It was a bar. And he comes up to me and says, hey, can I buy you a beer? This is somebody I just put in the hospital, but that's the way we did it back then. Nowadays, if something like that went down, I would have to be looking out for a gun, wouldn't I? I would have to be looking out for a knife or something to come against me to do bodily harm to me. It is not the way it used to be. The darkness is growing darker. And if that's the case, what are we supposed to do as Christians? Kind of sit back and say, boy, I sure hope Jesus comes quickly. I mean, goodness gracious, it's so dark out there. It's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Ah, what am I supposed to do? Jesus, come, 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 come. Jesus, Jesus, just come, 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 come. Take me away, Jesus. Is that what we're supposed to do? Or are we supposed to step up? rise up and be who he created us to be are we supposed to step up and be the light in this dark world are we supposed to be that container of god's glory they that that person in that truck as well as the other person they all need jesus he's their answer we have the answer his name is jesus and glory to God, listen, and when we're able to show, go to people and not only speak the good news to them, but demonstrate the good news to them, they're going to say, wait a minute, I'm not just hearing mere words, I'm seeing that what they're saying is so. Do you know that that's the reason the Bible says in Matthew, in fact, go there, I'm on a Different tangent right now, but that's all right. Go to Matthew. I believe it's Matthew. You need to see this. No, or is it Mark? It's Mark. Mark 16. It goes Matthew, Mark. Matthew, Mark. Mark 16, at the last scripture of Mark 16, verse 20. And they, speaking of his disciples, are you a disciple of Christ? All that means is someone who is following after Christ. You have a discipline to follow after Jesus. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word. What word? The word they were preaching 
through the accompanying signs, amen. That word confirm there actually means this. The miracles that accompanied the disciples' preaching confirmed to the people that the messengers were telling the truth. That God was backing up their message with supernatural phenomena. And that a new dispensation, the age of grace, had entered the world. What's going to happen when we do what Jesus did? We are demonstrating to this lost and dying world out there that our God loves them, that our God cares about them, and that our God is real. Amen. I mean, there are all kinds of false gods out there right now. How many know that's true? I saw, I was reading an article that uh, um, Satanism is on the rise. Again. I mean, it started from what I had heard. It kind of, kind of dissipated a little bit, but it's big, hitting, going up big time. People are following after the devil. And they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. In fact, one guy just took a girl and carved her up in a satanic ritual. What is that? What is that? It's called darkness. That is darkness. But he who is in me is greater than that. The light in me dissipates the darkness. There is no struggle between the two, my friends. You've heard me say this before. You walk into a dark room. You flip on the lights. The light and the darkness do not meet in the middle to find out who's going to overcome. The light always overcomes the darkness. Always. And that's who you and me, that's who we are. You are light in this dark world. So I believe this is the reason that we've been on this study. How long have I been going? Hallelujah. <laughs> Haven't even gone off the first paragraph yet. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you guys catching this, though? Are you getting a hold of something here? Praise God. So we've been looking, about, looking at how Jesus did what he did when he walked the earth. And lately, the last several weeks, we've been looking at authority. <clears throat> and how Jesus operated in that authority. When he walked the earth. <clears throat> in Mark 4, we saw how Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves. He spoke to the wind and the waves, and they obeyed him. And what I find amazing about that story isn't the fact that Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves and they obeyed him. What I find amazing about that story is Jesus gets on his disciples because they yielded to fear. Because of what they could see and feel, instead of keeping their focus on the word of the Lord and then doing what Jesus just did. That was the total implication of what Jesus was saying to them. You could have done what I did. It's incredible. Could a natural human being do something like that? Could a supernatural Christian do something like that? A follower of Christ. Hallelujah. And then we looked at Mark 11 and Matthew 21. We saw how Jesus spoke to the fig tree and it dried up from the roots. And Jesus told us 
that we can not only do what was done to the fig tree, we could also speak to those mountains in our lives, those seemingly impossible situations, and tell them to be removed, and tell them to be cast into the sea, and not doubt in our hearts, but believe what we say, and we will have what we say. Can you really believe that? Again, it's one of those statements made by the Lord Jesus Christ that goes way over a lot of Christians' heads. Or they begin to reason away, maybe for a few select people, but not me. But that's not what Jesus said there, is it? And again, if Jesus said it, that means it's the truth. Hello? So if Jesus said it, that settles it. Now I choose to believe it. Jesus said, whosoever, whoever speaks to this mountain. Everybody say, I am a part of whoever. Whoever speaks to this mountain and tells it to, to, to be removed and cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart. In his heart. Guess what? You can have doubts in your head and faith will still work for you. Did you hear what I just said? There are going to be times when God asks you to do something, your head's going tilt, 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 tilt. But see, when you get to the place where you know his voice, when you are so sure that he's telling you to do it, it doesn't matter what this is telling you to do, you're going to obey your heart. Glory to God. And when you get to that place, that's when God's going to be using you to do the miraculous. Hallelujah. But God said, whoever, whoever, Speaks to this mountain and tells it to be removed and, and, and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says. He shall have whatsoever he says. Whatsoever he says. Everybody say, whatsoever I say. I mean, I don't, I, am, I, am I the only one sometimes when I read these scriptures? And I've stu- I mean, I have studied these scriptures for years. But am I the only one that kind of gets really excited when, I, when you look at that and you really break it down? Is that, is that something that stirs you up? You know what? I think what happens with a lot of us sometimes, we, all of a sudden when we hear a scripture like that, we put whoop, limitations up. We start to, we start to limit ourselves. And, 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 oh, God, I know I see that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God just kind of said something to my heart about something where I'm something that he's spoken to me to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But we, we put limitations up. That, that, how can I do that? Who am I that I can do that? And God is just saying to you, if you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So, so Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves and they calmed down. Jesus here spoke to a fig tree and it dried up from the roots. And then he told us that we could do the same thing. Speak to the fig tree too. We can not only do that what was done to the fig tree, Matthew 21, 21. But you can also speak to this mountain. Those seemingly impossible uh, situations. Friends, the primary way that we as Christians are supposed to exercise our authority in the earth today. Now I want you to get this. You're taking notes, write this down. The primary way that we're supposed to exercise our authority in the earth today is by speaking forth faith-filled words. Faith 
faith-filled words. Go with me to Romans chapter 5 this morning. And this is a scripture we looked at at the beginning of this study. But I want you to notice something here that is going to help you in exercising your authority as a child of God. I want you to catch something here that I believe is going to help you in utilizing everything Jesus Christ has now told us we're supposed to be doing. Did that make sense? I want you to catch this, friends. I want you to see this. What's the primary way for us to exercise our authority? By speaking out, speaking forth, faith-filled words. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass, who's that talking about? Adam. Death reigned through that one. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, his unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself. Now notice, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Reign as kings, or we could say queens, or we could say at royalty, okay? So, if we've received God's overflowing grace, and we've received the free gift of righteousness, what are we supposed to be doing? What are we supposed to be doing? Now, you might ask, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I haven't received those things. If you're born again, you have. Those things that came to you as a result of you saying, Jesus, come into my heart. The fact that you got born again, God's grace is now yours, and you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because of that reason, those reasons, we're supposed to be doing what? Reigning as kings or queens in this life through Jesus Christ. What is that talking about? What is that referring to? I'm glad you asked that question. Glory to God. I want you to listen to some scriptures that substantiate this fact. You can just follow along with me for time's sake. We are supposed to reign as kings. We are supposed to reign as queens in this life. How are we supposed to do that? How does a king or a king rule? Go to, uh, first of all, before I do that, let me, let me just read these scriptures. Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, loved us, who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, verse 6, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He has made us what? He has made us what? Is that past tense? It has. It's okay. Has made us kings. It's already done. Now look at Revelation 5.10. And have made us what? Kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Does everybody see that? What? happened to us when we got born again 
You and me became royalty. We became kings and queens. And because we are now kings and queens, what are we supposed to be doing right now? We're supposed to be ruling and reigning. How do you rule and reign? You exercise your authority based upon your position as royalty. Are you getting this? Does everybody see this? Is everybody with me this morning? Oh, glory to God. I'm getting excited because, again, I know where I am going. So as kings and priests unto our God, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be ruling and reigning on the earth. How do we rule and reign on this earth? By exercising our authority. And how do we exercise our authority? In other words, how does a king rule? How does a king rule? Go to Ecclesiastes. You're right. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Go to the next one. This is the Amplified. For the word of a king is authority and power. The Living Bible says it this way. The king's command is backed by great power. Do you see that? A king. Now, I want to I read this to you. I want to make sure I get it because it's so good. A king has the right to say and do what he believes is best for his kingdom. The place where he has dominion. And he has the power of all his military backing him up. As well as access to all of the kingdom's finances. But how does he exercise his authority? Where the word of a king is, there is power. The king's command is backed by great power. For example, you might have heard me say this before, but it bears repeating. If a king wants a ditch dug, does he throw on some overalls and, and go looking for a shovel? Is that the way a king operates? Or does he simply stay seated on his throne and say, let a ditch be dug? And once those words leave his lips, are you listening? Once those words leave his lips, what happens? People begin to scramble to find a shovel and get busy digging. All he had to do is do what? Speak the word. Speak the word. And because of the authority he operates in within his kingdom and all the power backing up that authority, when the word is spoken, whatever it is he's wanting done is as good as done. Did you hear all that? He doesn't fret or does he worry about it? He doesn't have to beg people to help him to do it. He simply speaks the word and it gets done. Job 21. Boy, I tell you what, if this doesn't get you pumped up. Job, excuse, Job 22. Acquaint now yourself with him. Agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will and be at peace. By that you shall prosper and great good shall come to you. Receive, I pray you, the law and instruction from his mouth. Lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty and submit and humble yourself before him, you will be built up. If you put away unrighteousness far from your tents. 
Then you will delight in the Almighty. And you will lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to Him. And He will hear you. And you will pay your vows. Now notice verse 28. You shall also decide and decree a thing. And it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Friends, how does a king reign? Does he toil and labor and fret over what's going to happen? Or does he simply sit on his throne and declare a thing? Where the word of a king is, there is power and authority. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. A king rules and reigns in his kingdom with his word. And with his words and backing him up is all the power and might of his kingdom. He speaks the word and because of the position of power and authority that he sits in, the word comes to pass. And now, this is the good part. And now, having been made royalty, By our Lord and Savior, that's exactly, that's exactly how you and me are supposed to be ruling and reigning right now in this earth, in our dominion. And when we do it like this, speak the word, guess what happens? All of heaven is backing us up. We don't have to fret. We don't have to worry. All we got to do is speak the word. All you got to do is speak the word. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mm. I'm going to give you one illustration here. I have several of them. We're not going to be able to get to all of them. We rule and reign the way God has created us to rule and reign. And the earth today is with our words. That's how you exercise your authority in the earth today. Go with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 5. There is no better example of this than right here in the Bible. I want you to notice. Well, you'll see in just a moment how awesome this is. Verse 5, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. The, tr- the Passion Translation says, I understand your authority. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. So what is this centurion saying to Jesus? Hey, I'm a soldier. I know how authority works. 
I can say to this soldier, you go do this. And that soldier doesn't fret. He doesn't worry. He doesn't do anything but obey my word. He goes and does it because he too understands his authority. He understands that he's under my authority. He has to listen to me. Mm, Glory to God. Glory to God. And what he was also saying when he made that declaration is, I understand the authority that you operate in. I understand the authority that you operate in. You, Jesus, have authority over sickness and disease. All you got to do is speak the word. All you got to do is speak the word and my servant will be healed. Mm, Glory to God. Notice Jesus' response, verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Everybody say he marveled. He marveled. And said to those who followed, Assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So do you see, do you notice here how authority and faith go hand in hand? In other words, it takes faith to operate in authority. Did you hear that? Notice how the centurion speaks of of his understanding of the authority that Jesus operated under, right? And then Jesus turns around and states, I haven't found such great faith, not even in Israel. So can you see the connection between the two? Faith and authority go hand in hand. You've got to fully believe, based upon the word of God, that when you exercise your authority in Christ Jesus, that you're going to get the same kind of results that Jesus did. That's faith. That's faith. And that's how we're supposed to do things because we're supposed to do them like Jesus. Amen. Now, notice what happens in this account. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. What did Jesus do? Did Jesus fall on his knees and pray? Did Jesus go to that person's house? What did Jesus do? He simply spoke the word. As you have believed, let it be done unto you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Even though Jesus wasn't even near him. What can we get out of that, friends? Listen to this. First of all, there's no distance in the spirit. You can pray for people, even if they're hundreds of miles away, thousands of miles away. It doesn't matter if they're on the opposite side of the planet. You can pray for them in the spirit and get the exact same kind of results if you were praying face to face with that person. Did you hear what I just said? That's so powerful. But it's important. I want to say something here. It doesn't mean you can use your authority at will. Meaning this, I can't use my authority and override somebody else's will. I can use my authority in my life, in my family's life, in my dominion. But I can't use my authority against somebody else 
over, overriding their will unless they give me permission to do so. Do you see how I'm saying that? That's, again, so big, so huge. A lot of times people will take these kind of things and run off and go into a ditch. You got to be led by the Spirit. You got to be, Jesus was led by the Spirit. Amen. So important that you do these things. I mean, let me just say this. Did you, do you remember the account? I don't remember where it was at. It's in the book of Acts. When Paul, and I think uh, Barnabas was with him. I believe that's who it was. And he's walking into this town, and this little girl starts, uh, uh, had a spirit of div- divination. Divination, divination. Am I saying that word? You know what I'm talking about. Divination, yes. Anyway, she came, and she started to say, oh, you're the, you know, the, I don't remember the terminology she was using. She was calling them all kinds of things, you know. And, you know, it's calling them, you're the, you know, disciples of the Lord and all this stuff. And, 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 and they just basically walk on. They just keep on. But, but, but notice, they don't do anything. They just, this girl is possessed by demon. She's possessed by a demon of divination. There's the word. She's possessed by this devil. But the, the, the apostle Paul doesn't do anything right then and there. However, later on, after being there for a period of time, all of a sudden, Paul, she's following them, just speaking out this stuff against them. Uh, you know, and saying all this stuff, and finally Paul just stops and says, come out of her in the name of Jesus Christ. Why didn't Paul do that when he first got into the town? Because he wasn't led by the Spirit to do it until that time. And when that happened, all of a sudden there was such a big ruckus in that town. Paul was brought before the leaders of that town where he was able to preach the gospel to them. So we got to be led by the Spirit of God in all of these things, you cannot use your authority to override the will of somebody else. Everybody understand that. However, when the stinking devil comes into your life or into your family's lives or into your church family, as long as they give you permission, you can use your authority. Speak to the devil and tell him to go and he will obey you. Amen. You have authority in this earth today. How do you exercise that authority? With faith-filled words. You are a king. You are a queen. Hallelujah. And as royalty, you don't have to beg God to do it. All you got to do is speak the word. Speak the word. Am I breaking this down and making this as simple as I possibly can? I want you to catch these things. You. Oh, thank you, Lord. You are now positioned, as far as God is concerned, in the highest position of authority in the universe. Thus, when you speak your word out of your mouth, you should never for a moment ever doubt the words you're speaking. Because if you're doing... When the devil's coming to kill, steal, or destroy you and your family... Why do you think God would put you in that position of authority just to let that happen? I guess I just got to deal with it. Well, I guess the devil's more powerful than me. What a bunch of lies. We are positioned, you and me, in the highest position of authority in the universe. You're a king, I'm or a queen. We're royalty in the eyes of God. All the authority that Jesus had when he walked the earth, he has now delegated it to us. 
We can operate in the earth just like Jesus operated in the earth. We can speak to the... If you're out on the ocean and you're facing a huge hurricane proportion storm coming at you that's going to kill, steal, and destroy, you can speak to the wind and the waves. You can speak to that storm and say, be calm, believing that you're going to get the exact same kind of results that Jesus did. Hallelujah. You can speak to the mountain. Those seemingly impossible situations. I talked about this the other day. It's cancer. You have a loved one that's dealing with cancer. Speak to it. The Bible actually. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus actually spoke to a fever. And the fever listened. Jesus rebuked the fever. I rebuke you, fever. Get out of here in Jesus' name. And the Bible says it left. I can speak to anything that's of the enemy and tell it to get out. And it must obey. It cannot stay. It has to go. I'm a child of God. And when I use my authority, it's not just words. It's got all the power of God backing it up. And there's nothing that I will ever face that's greater than that. That power is greater than all. Hallelujah. Am I getting, are you getting excited? You are a child of God. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You, you, you are glory to God. I, oh my goodness gracious. I am so fed up. With having Christians getting rough, I mean, having the devil run roughshod over them. I'm so fed up with having Christians allowing the devil to whoop them. It's not the way it's supposed to be. We have authority over the devil. You, if you would just step up to the plate and say, God, my head doesn't quite understand this, but I see it in your word. I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to do what you tell me to do here. And I'm going to expect him to get the same kinds of results Jesus did. As I use my faith and use my authority right now and come against the devil. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Be bold with your faith. Be bold with your faith. God did not... Get you born again, just allow you to barely make it into heaven. God didn't get you born again just to get whooped by the devil every time you turn around. God got us born again so that we could go out and show that lost and dying world that who we now belong to is living in us and wants to live through us and will do just that if we will just give them that opportunity. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God, and so are you. Jesus Christ is in your heart. You are supposed to rise up and do mighty exploits for God. I'm ready. I am ready to see these kinds of things happening. You know, the Bible calls them signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Why is it called a sign? It's called a sign because it's supposed to point us to Jesus. It's called a wonder because people are wondering, what did I just see? Amen. I, I, I was reading this. I, I'll just close with this thought. I, I, I've been reading this out all the time lately. Listen to this. This is a prophet, prophetic word, prophetic word for this year. 
The year 2018 will be an incredible year, the year of the harvest. What you have sown in tears in 2017, you will reap in joy in 2018. There will be a harvest of good things, a bounty, abundance, increase, blessings. The fields are ripe for harvest. It's a year of signs and wonders, healings and deliverance. It's a year of provision, a year of open doors that no man can shut. This is a year of restoration and resurrection power. Dead dreams, lost vision, and lost hope will come to life. Lost destiny purposes shall be found. The dry bones will be revived and stand up. In this year, 2018, there will be unusual signs and wonders that are authentic and undeniable. No more embellished testimonies of what God did, for he will do the spectacular. That's what I'm speaking right there over my life, over you and over this church. Right there. I'm believing for the spectacular. I'm believing for those types of, those, those things, are the, those miracles that are undeniable. There's no way you can beat around the bush. There's no way you can try to reason it away. That person came through those doors who was blind from birth, but now they see. That's an undeniable miracle. I am expecting those kinds of things to happen. I'm expecting those kinds of things to happen in my life and through my life and through your lives as well. Amen. Glory to God. What manner of man was Jesus when he walked the earth? What manner of man or woman should we be today? We should follow in his footsteps. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this word. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ. It's registering on all of our hearts in a greater way than ever before. I am believing, Lord God.